Normally, we give you an opportunity to say good morning to one another and uh, shake some hands, and we're going to bypass that, I guess, because they've already announced that we're not going to shake hands. That might just be awkward, right? Um, I told my wife this morning, you know, folks that are so accustomed to shaking hands, you know, I really feel for them, but I really feel for the huggers. You know, I, I always, yeah, I always go in for the handshake and they go, oh no, I'm a hugger. And I'm like, okay. So at some point we're going to have to turn the huggers loose and they'll all go nuts on us. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, just so you know, there are several that are with us this morning that are going to be having to leave early um, to go to a meeting for the school district. And so if they get up and depart, don't let them distract you or think that I've bored them to tears. Um, but uh, they are going to be required to be in a, in a special meeting for the school district. So uh, keep that in mind this morning, if you will. We have been ministering a um, series of messages on misconceptions. And if you will turn with me this morning to the book of Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got too much dust on my screen. <laughs> the book of Luke. Oh, and she's not even in here to get it. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. The book of Luke. <laughs> Chapter 9. <laughs> Book of Luke chapter 9, we're going to begin reading with the 18th verse and uh, reading a, a familiar passage of scripture. The Bible says, and it came to pass as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him and he asked them saying, whom say the people that I am? And they answered and said, John the Baptist, but some say Elias and others say that one of the old prophets is risen again. And he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answering said, The Christ of God. And he straightly charged them and commanded them that no, or to tell no man that thing, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be slain, and raise the third day. And then pay particular attention to verse number 23. And he said unto them, he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. And I'm going to stop reading right there this morning. Ask that you bow your heads and we'll pray together and ask the Lord for his help and for his anointing and ministering his word. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord. We thank you for these that are here and these that have come this morning. We ask today, Father, that your name would just be glorified 
We ask you, Heavenly Father, that you would touch hearts and lives through the word and through the message. I pray, Heavenly Father, that everything that is said and everything that is done will be done to glorify Jesus and to honor and to edify the body of Christ. We ask these things this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Give us liberty to minister your word today, I pray. In Christ's name, and everybody in agreement with that prayer said amen. amen. So this morning we are going to take up our sermon series on misconceptions. And as you know, we have spoken on the subject the past several weeks. And I have endeavored to point out to you that misconceptions inevitably lead to misunderstandings. Misconceptions inevitably lead into misunderstandings interpretation. It leads to fallacy, error, and incorrect information. Jesus said these words in John chapter 8 and verse number 32. He said, you will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So it is the truth of God's word that always leads us into freedom and deliverance. But misconceptions always lead to inaccurate and faulty understanding. In the first message in the series that we have spoken to you in the last few weeks, in the first message we examined some of the misconceptions that surround the church itself. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will just simply remind you this morning that the church is not just a building. The church is not just a particular location or a specific destination that we travel to or that we attend. The church is not an organization or a club, but in truth, we are the church of the living God. We are the acting body of Christ on planet earth. In the second message that we preached in this series, we examined the misconceptions that surround worship. Jesus said, they that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. And we are reminded this morning that true worship comes from a heart of sincerity and a heart of authenticity. True worship is not just lip service from a heart of formality and insincerity. True worship is not just religious ritual or just a pious tradition. But true worship comes from a heart of obedience and submission to the will of God. True worship is about surrender and servitude. True worship is about yielding to his divine purpose. So thus far we have preached concerning misconceptions about the church and misconceptions about worship. And this morning I want to build upon that same concept and preach for just a few minutes about uh, misconceptions concerning discipleship. Misconceptions concerning discipleships. And I want to begin this morning by asking you, amen, what does discipleship mean to you? 
What does it mean and what is meant when we talk about discipleship? When we say the word discipleship, I submit that the word itself has a bit of a ring of authority. It sounds of importance and it sounds influential. Discipleship. It sounds a bit lofty and exclusive and liturgic. It sounds a little bit, it resonates with a little bit of self-validation. Discipleship. But the reality is that discipleship is a word that is not even found in the scripture. Let that sink in. We can, of course, find the word disciple. Amen. We can, we can read the word disciple throughout the New Testament. We, we can read about the disciples of Jesus. We can read how that he chose 12 men to be his disciples. We can read about their exploits and we can read about their lives and we read about how that he called them and we can even read about their failures. But the point that I want you to understand this morning is that the word, while we can find the word disciple in the scripture, the word discipleship is not found. And, and I submit to you this morning that that is where the misconceptions begin. Amen. D discipleship has come to mean different things to different people. Discipleship has come to mean different things to different people. When we speak in terms of discipleship, people typically say things like, oh, we need a discipleship class in our church, which is not entirely untrue. And there is a, amen, and there's certainly nothing wrong without having discipleship classes. But the statement is a little bit skewed. Because it implies that discipleship is a class. Hello? People say things like, after conversion, we need to experience some good discipleship training. I'm not opposed to that. Amen. But again, the statement is not entirely true, but amen, the statement is a bit distorted and off-center because it implies that discipleship is nothing more than training. Are you following what I'm saying? Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying this morning. I'm not against teaching and education and I'm not against training and instruction or mentors or advisors or programs than courses that enlighten and instruct and advise us. But what I want us to understand is none of those things really speak to the heart of discipleship. Discipleship is not about a class. It's not about training. Amen. Amen. What does it mean when we talk about discipleship? What is meant when we talk about discipleship? As I said last week, sometimes the best way to determine what something is is to first determine what it is not. And so that's the route we're going to take this morning.
Let's begin by looking at some of the misconceptions that surround discipleship and see if we can first endeavor to determine what it is not. And then, amen, prayerfully that will help us to more clearly determine what it is. With that in mind, consider with me misconception number one. Misconception number one about discipleship is, is some people have the mindset that discipleship is a second stage of the Christian experience. That discipleship is a second stage to the Christian experience. Some people have in, in their mind that you have your standard, ordinary Christian, and then there are disciples. You following what I mean? Some people think that there are, you know, you're a run-of-the-mill ordinary guy, the, the, the Christian guy. And then there are the disciples. Their mindset is that you have two different classes. First, you have your ordinary, typical, everyday Christian. And they are in one class all by themselves. And then there is the influential and the effective disciple. And they're on a whole other level. As if discipleship is a stage or, or discipleship is a secondary experience after our conversion. It implies that, you know, if you haven't graduated from a discipleship class, then you're not a disciple. If you haven't gone through discipleship training, if you have not risen to the level of discipleship, then you are just an ordinary, run-of-the-mill Christian. After all, if the Apostle Paul was a Pharisee among Pharisees, then there must be disciples among Christians. Right? Meaning that you can be a Christian, but it takes time. To be a disciple. Meaning that you can love Jesus and you can give your heart to Christ. But you can't be a disciple until you have some experience under your belt. And you go through some things. Only then will you be elevated to the position of disciple. Their mindset becomes something like discipleship is all about learning and about the Bible. Discipleship is when you reach the place where you know how to speak some Greek and some Hebrew. Discipleship is when you can say words like sanctification, propitiation, justification, and glorification without stuttering. Then you've reached, then you've reached the pinnacle of discipleship. When you can chart the rapture and the tribulation, you're acing discipleship. Discipleship in their mind happens when I know more than you do. Hello? None of that is discipleship. Amen, I can tell you this morning, as much as I appreciate learning and as much as I appreciate knowledge and the study of God's word, none of those things that I have mentioned in themselves uh, determine discipleship. 
Many of you here this morning have college degrees. Some of you, amen, have studied for accounting and some of you have studied to become a teacher and some of you have studied to be nurses and electricians and on and on we could go, amen. But whatever it was that you determined that you would study and that you would prepare for, uh, there were some courses uh, that you had to study and there were some things uh, that you had to learn, uh, amen, in order to acquire the knowledge. Amen. And then that day came when you walked across the stage and you shook hands with a really important guy or a gal and they handed you their diploma or your degree and they said, congratulations, you made it. And you graduated. But that's not what made you a nurse. That's not what made you an electrician. That's not what made you an accountant. What is it that made you an electrician, amen, or an accountant, uh, amen? What I'm saying this morning, uh, amen, what, what made you uh, a nurse or what made you an electrician is when you put into practice uh, what you had learned, uh, amen, when you begin to apply uh, and you begin to be a doer of what you had learned, uh, that's when you became uh, an electrician. That's when you became a nurse, uh, amen. You had all of this knowledge, uh, but until you... You put it into practice it was just a head full of knowledge the same thing is true with discipleship you can have a head full of knowledge and still not be a disciple of Jesus Christ you can have a head full of knowledge Amen. And still not be a disciple. Amen. Discipleship is about being a doer of that knowledge. Discipleship is about being a doer of what we have learned. Discipleship is about applying the knowledge that we have acquired. We can have a head full of knowledge and a disobedient heart. We can have training and instruction, but if we are not willing to apply, amen, what we have learned if we're not willing to walk in the light of his word, if we're not willing to walk in truth, then all of that knowledge does us absolutely no good. James chapter 1 verse 22. James says these words, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Deceiving your own selves. Be a doer of the word. Amen. When we moved into this building, I had my beautiful daughter-in-law who was so talented put those words over the doors as we exit. Truth is of no value unless it's practiced. Truth is of no value unless you apply it. Truth is of no what James is saying, amen, to be a doer of the word and not just a, a hearer only. You can have a head full of knowledge, but that's not what makes you a disciple of Jesus. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 22, Jesus said these words. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. 
Jesus said, you can say to me, Lord, Lord, but that doesn't mean you're my disciple. What makes you my disciple is putting into action what you have learned. Jesus says in Luke chapter 6 and verse 46, why call you me Lord, Lord, and then you do not do the things that I say? He said, whosoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom like he is like. He said, he is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation upon a rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon the house, it could not be shaken because it was founded upon the rock. What I'm telling you this morning, amen, is if you're going to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's more than just a class. It's more than just training. It's not just another level, amen on the walk of Christianity. No, amen, but being a disciple is applying what you have learned, amen. And I'm going to tell you this morning, you do not have to be a theologian to serve the Lord. Practice what you know. Walk in the light, the Bible said, as he is in the light. And then we will have fellowship one with another. Amen. Walk in truth. Discipleship this morning is not just about who we are, but about what we do. Discipleship is about application. It's about applying what we have learned. Amen. You know, the scripture tells us that we'll know the truth. The truth will make us free. And Jesus said, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Truth is powerful. It makes us free. There's a saying that says, you know, truth is power. Knowledge is power. That's not altogether true. Applied knowledge is power. Applied, you can have, you can have the knowledge, amen, and not put it into action, and you are powerless. But if you have knowledge put into action, that's powerful. Discipleship is about applying or application what we have learned. Misconception number two, discipleship is a method of ministry or a program. Some people have the idea that discipleship is a method of ministry or a program. They think discipleship is a ministry strategy. They think discipleship is a ministry strategy. Discipleship is a one-on-one mentoring program. Discipleship happens on Wednesday night in a classroom at the church. Discipleship is a small group ministry. Discipleship is a 12-week, 14-step program. Discipleship involves acquired books through Lifeway Christian Resources and the Nelson Bible Company. The truth is that discipleship can take place anywhere, anytime, at any stage of our life. Jesus gave his disciples on-the-job training. And as a matter of fact, when he called them in the beginning, all he said to them was, Come and follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. I will give you on-the-job training. Hello? 
Beloved, discipleship is more than just a ministry strategy. It's more than just a misconception. Number three, discipleship, amen, is, is to show me the rules to be a better Christian. Discipleship is about explaining the rules to me so that I can be a better Christian. Folks that have this misconception in their mind, discipleship is all about the do's and the don'ts. The cans and the can'ts. That ain't good English, but it, you hear what I'm saying. You can do this, but you can't do that. You can do this, and you can, after all, the better you know the rules, the better disciple you will be. So in their mind, discipleship is show me all of the rules. Show me all of the regulations. Show me all of the do's, the don'ts, the can'ts, the can'ts. That's not discipleship. The truth is that the goal of discipleship is not just to memorize a set of rules and endless regulations, but the goal of true discipleship is to make us more like Jesus every day of our lives. The truth uh, is that the goal of discipleship is to transform us and conform us uh, into the very image of his son. Yes, discipleship, uh, amen, amen, includes increasing our biblical knowledge uh, and learning how to live a godly life uh, and a holy life uh, before the Lord. But the end result concerning discipleship is not just learning the do's and the don'ts, uh, but it is about in into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that will literally radically change our life from the inside out. God not only wants to save us, but he wants us to know him in all of his glory and in all of his power. He wants us to experience him in a personal life-changing way. He wants us to, to have a close and intimate relationship with him. True discipleship has the power to carry us from the page of the written word into a transformed life. Amen. Through the power of Jesus Christ. I have so many misconceptions and so little time. Let me give you some quick ones, all right? Misconception number four. Discipleship is for the super Christian. I mean, if, you know, if, if I'm just saved and happy sitting on the pew, discipleship is not for me. Discipleship is for the really, some will, some won't. Discipleship is, a, is for the super spiritual. Discipleship is for the super spirit. Misconception number five. Discipleship is about personal accountability to a discipler. Nothing wrong with accountability. But some people have in their mind that discipleship is being accountable to a discipler. Well, if we're not careful, we'll amen, find ourselves in the place where we're trying to please the discipler instead of the master. Hello? That's not discipleship. Nothing wrong with accountability and being accountable to somebody. Misconception number six. Discipleship is only for the ministry. I mean, that's what separates the shepherd from the sheep is discipleship. 
All of those are incorrect. All of those are absolutely incorrect. All of the misconceptions that we have talked about thus far this morning could not be further from the truth of what discipleship is. Our text clearly tells us what discipleship is. Look at Luke 9, 23. And he said unto them all, If any man, any woman, anyone, whosoever will, if any man, he said to them all, if any man will come after me. Hello, wait for it. Let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross daily and follow me. That's discipleship. You don't have to be on a particular level. You don't have to be just a shepherd. You can be sheep and still follow. You hear what I'm saying this morning? That's discipleship. If anyone, any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross. Let him crucify the flesh and follow me. Jesus is saying, if you want to come after me, if you want to follow me, if you want to associate with me, if you want to walk with me, amen, if any man, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. That is the biblical definition of discipleship. Amen. That's discipleship includes denying our flesh and denying, amen, our ungodly nature, amen, and living a life of righteousness before the Lord. Discipleship requires a daily dose of picking up our cross and crucifying our self-will and following after the will of our Father. Discipleship requires a change of the priorities of our heart. Discipleship requires a daily commitment to make Jesus priority number one in our lives. Discipleship requires obedience and submission to his will. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That's the definition of discipleship. Pastor Gary, how does that look in the real world? How does that look in the real world? He gave us some examples. He gave us some examples. Let me give you three of them real quick this morning. Discipleship is continuing to walk in the word of God. Look in John chapter 8, verse 31. John chapter 8, verse 31. This is what Jesus said. And Jesus said to the Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Continuing means to endure, to remain, to last, to remain permanent, 
Continuing means to persist, steady, ongoing, continually abiding. Jesus is saying that if you endure, if you remain, if you persist, if you are persistent, if you are steady and you are ever abiding in the word, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples. That's what it looks like in the real world. Amen. It, it looks like uh, remaining in the word of God, walking in the light of God, applying what God's word says every day of our life. Hmm. Discipleship is about remaining steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. It's about remaining unyielding and unwavering to our commitment and our faithfulness unto God. It's about standing tall, steadfast, and resolute even in the face of the fiery darts of the enemy. Amen. We need to just stand having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and having done all to stand, continue standing and continue being faithful unto the Lord. That's what it looks like in the real world. Discipleship looks like continuing, abiding, and steadfastness. You may, you may be knocked down. You can look in the enemy in the eye and tell the enemy, you may have knocked me down, but I'm getting back up. I'm a disciple of the Lord. Amen. I will remain steadfast and unmoved. Number two, discipleship. What does it look like in the real world? Discipleship is about walking in love. It's about walking in love. Look in John chapter 13 and verse 35. I told you I'd give you a scripture to show you what it looks like in the real world. John 13, 35. Jesus said these words. By this... Shall all men know that you are my disciple if you have love one for another? If you have love one for another. Uh, here's what I want to tell you this morning. If we are not walking in love, we are not walking in discipleship. Hello? If we are not walking in love, we are not walking in discipleship. Jesus said, by this one trait will all men know that you are my disciples, that you are walking in discipleship. If you have love one to another. There are a myriad of scriptures that talk about us walking in love. John chapter 15 verse 12, Jesus said, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Do you love one another like Jesus loves you? Think about it. What if Jesus loved you the way you love others? Hmm. John 15, 17, Jesus said these words, these things I command you that you love one another. Hebrews 13 and 1 says, let brotherly love continue. Colossians, and I've always called this particular scripture the super glue of the gospel. Colossians 30, or 3 and number 14, it says, Above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. It's what holds everything together. Love, above all things, put on love, put on charity. 
First Peter chapter 1 and verse 22, Peter says, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love to the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Matthew chapter 22 verse 37 Amen Jesus said thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of your heart with all of your soul and with all of your might Amen and then he said that's the first commandment and the second is likened to it love your neighbor as yourself 1 John 3 and 11 for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning that you should love one another Amen. First John 3 and 23. And this is the commandment that we have. Amen. That we should believe on the name of the Son of God and that we should love one another. First John 4 verse 7 said, Beloved, let us love one another for God is love. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. But he that does not love or loves not knows not God. Hello? Amen. I'm saying discipleship walks in love. That's how it looks in the everyday world. It walks in love. It walks in forgiveness. It walks in mercy. Number three. Number three. How does it look in the real world? Number three. Discipleship is always bearing the fruit of righteousness. Discipleship is always bearing the fruit of of righteousness. Look in John chapter 15 verse 4. Jesus said these words. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abides in the vine. No more can you except you, you can't bear fruit if you're not abiding in the vine. Oh, you can bear the fruit of the flesh, but you can't bear righteous fruit except you abide in the vine. He said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I him the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into fire, and they are burned. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. And he said, herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. And so shall you be my disciples. Discipleship bears fruit. Discipleship bears the fruit of righteousness. What, what, what kind of fruit are you talking about? Turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. This is the kind of fruit that he's talking about. Galatians 5, 22. He's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. He said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Discipleship bears love. The fruit of the Spirit of joy, discipleship, exhibits the joy of the Lord. The fruit of peace, discipleship, bears the fruit of a peaceful spirit. 
Amen. The fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. Discipleship bears long with others. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. He's saying discipleship bears all of those characteristics. Discipleship bears that kind of fruit, but only if it's connected to the proper vine. You can't do, you can't bear anything if you're not connected to the vine. What he's saying here is that discipleship is about walking in the Spirit and allowing the fruit of the Holy Spirit to manifest itself in our lives. That's what discipleship looks like in the real world. That's what discipleship looks like in the real world. It walks in love. It bears the fruit of righteousness. Amen. It, 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 it walks continually in the will and in the word of God. Amen. This morning we're going to close our service but I want you to lay aside some of the misconceptions about the church the function of the church and what it is and who it is lay aside some of the misconceptions about worship and lay aside some of the misconceptions that exist concerning discipleship before the Lord I feel like the Lord has laid another particular message on my heart about this, about this same concept of misconceptions. And I won't guarantee it, but if the Lord allows, possibly next week I'll continue and finish this series on misconceptions. But this morning I want you to understand that discipleship is not just about learning. It's not about a class. It's not about a strategy. It's not about a, being accountable. To, uh, it, it includes all of those things, but it is not those things. Discipleship is applying all of those things to your everyday life. Taking up your cross and following him. What good is it if we know to do good and we do it not? The Bible says that it is sin. If we know to do good and we do not do it, if we, if we are a hearer only and not a doer of the word, then we deceive our own selves. Truth is of no value unless it is applied, unless it is practiced. Discipleship is about practicing what you know, doing what you know, bearing the right kind of, bow your heads all over the building and we'll pray. Discipleship is about following Jesus, accepting him, trusting him, and following him. Accepting him, trusting him, and following him. Daily, 
making that commitment, Lord, I'm yours. My life is submitted to your will. My heart is submitted to your will, your plan, your word. Maybe we're here this morning and we haven't. We haven't been walking in discipleship. Make that right with him today. How does it look in the real world? It looks like abiding and loving and bearing right fruit. The fruit of righteousness. Father, I pray this morning as our heads are bowed and our eyes are all closed. I pray this morning, Lord, that you will take the simple message that we have ministered here today and that you will... I pray, move upon the hearts of these that are here in the house of the Lord and those that will listen by way of the internet. I ask, Lord, that if we have had misconceptions about discipleship and who it is for and maybe we've thought we could never attain to that and all of those kind of things, Lord, allow the Holy Spirit to open the eyes of our understanding today and help us to realize that discipleship is just simply about following after Jesus. With a whole heart and a full commitment, daily picking up our cross and following Him. If we've allowed something to come between us, Lord, help us to deal with that today. Help us to renew our commitment to discipleship. Lord, I have laid out what you have given me. Now allow the Holy Spirit to use it to touch our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Are you here this morning? And you would be willing to say, Pastor Gary, I, I haven't been the disciple that I should have. My discipleship has not been following the examples that you laid. I see hands there and some hands there and there and there and there and there and hands there. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit. See, the reason the Lord gives us instruction like that is so that we can reevaluate reevaluate and turn and walk in truth hands have been lifted all over the building please stand to your feet let me pray with you and then Cody is going to come and we'll worship with one more song father every hand that has been lifted my God, you understand and you know how the enemy tries to thwart our sincerity and our heart. How he comes to steal and kill and to destroy and cause us to err from the truth of your word. And this morning, Heavenly Father, those that have lifted their hands and said, you know, my discipleship has not been what it could or even should be they recognize that and Lord you saw their hand I pray right now in Jesus name 
I pray right now in Jesus' name that a new commitment will form in their spirit. A new resolve will form in their heart. Lord, to walk in abiding daily, daily applying what we know to be truth. Touch our lives, strengthen us. It is not by our might or our power, but it is only by the Holy Spirit. For you said yourself, Lord, without you we can do nothing. Enable us, quicken us. Allow your Holy Spirit in moments of need and trying moments to rise up within us. To cause us to be the overcomer that you want us to be. We ask these things in Jesus' name.